the comic book pit. Okay. I guess you're definitely into it. Big, big bruh. Big bruh. Yeah. Bruh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, bruh. BB. Definitely into BB. Hashtag BB17. You're not too far off there. Mm. Well, we got we got all the brothers on the show tonight. We got all four of us on. Oh. It's kind of a kind of a landmark episode. This uh, comic book pit episode 215. And at the end, one of us is getting really? rid out of the podcast. <laughs> I was hoping Thunderdome. I brought my sharpened tools. <laughs> nope. Well, we can uh, go around the room here, as it were. Uh, I'm Dan. I'm the Duke. I'm Jared. Oh, I'm Jared. A.K.A. Jared. <laughs> and I'm Sean. <laughs> Not master mystic of anything. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, we're here to talk about comics and comic-related stuff like we usually do. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of, uh, is there a lot of news? Has there been yeah. any news this week? I, there's I heard news. news. Anyone hear anything uh, about the Marvel thing? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you're going to talk about, Scott? Yeah, yeah that's what that's I was going to mention. That's what, you heard? That's what I heard, awesome. too. The Marvel split. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Duke, you want to take us into that? Banana split. Um well, they, their universe is, no, I don't know. They, they, the 616, alright, I'll just stop. Marvel Entertainment split from Marvel Comics? Is that the right? No, uh, Kevin Feige. Mar- Marvel Studios? Yeah, yeah Ke- somebody else Marvel Studios it. has a schism. Kevin Feige no longer, uh, reports to Isaac Perimoter, or however you say yeah. his name, the, uh, the Toy Biz guy, who has been overseeing pretty much everything. Uh, I, Kevin Feige has arranged to not report to him and uh, reports now directly to Disney. And so pretty much yes. the, what it's saying is this uh, Isaac Perlmutter, who is the one that has garnished Marvel that reputation of having like that iron fist and being really cheap. Uh, he's now out. Well, not out, but no longer overseeing the movies. And the, oh, Perlmutter. Uh, Perlmutter, thank you. And the, evidently yeah. the creative committee, like Brian Bendis, Joe Quesada, um, and some others, are out too. They were hold, according oh. to some rumors, they were holding back some of the production. Yeah, with, that was the complaint. And, yeah, they were low. Yeah. I mean, and who knows how substantiated any of this is? Yeah, or, yeah. Or, it could all just be nonsense, or who knows where it's coming from. Um, but yeah, yeah, the, the rumblings are that they were rather nitpicky with things, and it's what led to Edgar Wright bailing on Ant Man. Yeah. Huh. But then again, there's um, also reports that uh, Feige ignored 
like the creative committee's notes on Avengers Age of Ultron, and it resulted in reshoots. So, <laughs> and what I thought was interesting that uh, in Disney's eyes, Age of Ultron is considered a failure. <laughs> it did not make enough money and was not reviewed well enough. Well. And so it, well, they wanted it to they be... Could, they could big. go back... I think they could be, go back to John Carter, too. Yeah, well, I think they'll be fine uh, come Christmas. <laughs> I think all will be forgotten. All will be forgiven, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it, at midnight tonight, I think all all will be begin beginning to. Oh forget. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, Force Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The force is stirring right now. <laughs> and we're about to get an avalanche of uh, Star Wars out the yin yang. Duke, Duke, be honest. Are you going to be out at midnight? Yeah. Did you take oh, yeah. off work tomorrow? Uh no, oh. no, I won't take time off. But I'll, but yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm a trooper. I'll be out there at midnight. Stormtrooper. Oh yeah, nice. yeah. Empire all so, the way. What is this all? Or what is this now? Force <laughs> Friday. Yeah, all the an, toys are um, coming out. Yeah, everything. Every basically, Disney has been holding back the the tidal wave of new product for the new movie Force Awakens, and tonight at midnight they're releasing. They're breaking the dam. Oh. The, the gates are opening, and they're um, Toys R Us. And Walmart and Target, you know, a bunch of stores that are having midnight sales. I'm, I'm surprised uh, you're not going to be traveling the tri-state area to all of them. To... I know. You know I'm old. I, I think that's what it is. I'm older now. But, like, the, I'm like, no, I just want to go to work <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow. But the uh, Disney store is opening at 6 a.m. in the mall, so... Jeez, for anybody in the Pittsburgh area. What mall is that? What mall has a Disney? The store? South Hills Village. Ah, I didn't even realize that Disney malls st- or Disney stores still existed. I think this is going to help them oh. in that, for that reason. Dookie there. Yeah. You're really you're, quiet, Scott. You're very quiet. Maybe you want to check your wires or come back to the colors. light, Scott. No. Worse. The, the the force is not strong with this one. What if I just sit closer? Yeah, I don't know what happened. You got you. It's, you sound very far away to, for now. Oh man. Yeah. And there's yeah, some there's static a, every so static, often. Yeah, like something yeah. wires rubbing. I don't know. My mic. Carry on. <laughs> we'll, we'll just we'll just push on while we. Uh, yeah. While we, all right. So, is anything else going on? Well, uh, you know what? I guess we should mention real quick because we had our big announcement a couple weeks ago about the Wizard World. Um, you know, our attendance at Wizard World Pittsburgh with our panel, we are going to be moderating a panel called Pittsburgh Independent, the Pittsburgh Independent Comic Scene. And originally it was scheduled for one o'clock on Saturday. It's actually got moved to four o'clock on Saturday. Uh, still going to be in room 301. And we're still, um, you know, we still got guests, um, Jim Rugg, Wayne Wise. Marcel Walker and our own Scott Hedlund and Sean Atkins. Who? How was that? Yeah. Oh, much oh, better. better. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, and then myself and uh, Jared, we're going to be, we're going to tag team the moderating. That's right, show. guys. So we're all going to be there. Me and the dang bringing the pain. That's right. <laughs> hard, hard hitting journalism at its finest. <laughs> Woodward and Bernstein. Yes. Nerd, Nerdwood, Nerdwood and Bernstein. Yes. <laughs> I'm 
not going any further with the jokes. Okay. It's just Wiz- tacky. Wizard Gate. Yeah, Wizard Gate. <laughs> there we go. Wizard Gate. So yeah, so and and I, it's, it's hard to believe that it's 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 a week tomorrow that it's going to be here. Oh man! Yeah, it really came. Like it's. Uh, I don't know. I had to admit, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> it, it, it seems like it's been so long since we it was first announced, and we were talking in the pre-show that, you know, that we applied for press badges back in January, and that seems so long ago. And yeah, I guess it was. It was you know nine months ago. Yeah, nine, yeah. I didn't even realize it was that long. I thought it was like at least six months. It had been so long. It been so long that I gave up on it. I just thought it wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. But now. uh we will be there in full force. All sorts of coverage. It's up. a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, Jared's got some, some great interviews lined up, and we're going to be probably tweeting and Instagramming and just – I think we're going to have a – we're going to come out of that with a lot of uh, a lot of material and a lot of, a lot of stories. Yeah, and we can get a couple weeks off because we'll have probably at least two episodes just from – because I, I think the, we're recording the panel, right? So that will be an episode. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna, we're definitely gonna, we're gonna work to record that panel. Um, Boom. I'm, I'm actually, I was talking with um, Mike Sorg from uh, Sorgatron Media. He's a local media producer, and he's a podcaster as well. He does like, oh god, like three or four podcasts that uh, we may even be able to have a uh, have it videoed. So <gasps> we'll see. Like I'm still. Still, uh, um, hey. still Don't working. Look at us. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I mentioned it. Uh, he's interested in helping us out. Just got to see what the, uh, you know, see what the logistics are of that. So it's, if, you know, definitely, there will definitely be an audio version of that panel, hopefully a video. Version. Amazing. Yes. Everything's coming up, Comic Book Pit. <laughs> Woo, baby. Uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. What's that? <laughs> no, um, yeah, no, it, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting, I think, because this is really the first big show downtown, you know, in this modern world that we live in. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Has there ever been that, one downtown before? They, they used to have like small ones, like they used to have like hotel shows, okay. yeah, but um, nothing in like nothing a convention like center. You know, and, and I mean, all, you know, the guy, you know, the people from AnthroCon and Techo ShowCon, they, they're, they're like, oh, that's nothing. We've done that for years, you know. So, I mean, at least. I don't want to slight them, but is that of the same scale? Uh, they, uh, you know, they've been there for, they're I've big. never been to either show, but they're, they've been in that venue for so many years that they're making it work, mm-hmm. you know. And so, I, like, tech- they must have the people. Yeah, Techo was, I went to, uh, I set up one year there, and it was, yeah, it was pretty packed. Yeah, it was, and they were doing it like it seemed like almost all night. Like, yeah, I remember, yeah, I think I think it was Friday or maybe it was the third one of the two Thursday or Friday. I think, I think you're right. And I think Teco stays open all night. Yeah, because because they do gaming. Yeah. Around the clock, I think. Yeah, like the the tables aren't, but they have things to do all night long if you right. don't want to leave. Yeah. Well, the table I think on that Saturday was till like ten o'clock because I was wondering around four o'clock oh, really? that day, wondering like when is this table close? Go <laughs> and, like ten o'clock. Like what? O'clock? I'm, I'm I've heard I can't you know I can't back this up with any hard facts or figures, but I, I heard that that's one of the biggest 
uh, anime cons in the country. Maybe we should cover it. Be. And and you know that show was like I, I definitely was, want to check it out. Was started by fans. I mean, it was it, it's not like any corporation or a store or anything. It was it, it was all fan. It was just all fans that just volunteered and somehow generated the revenue to get it started. And and it's I think it's just always been growing and it's probably self-sustaining now. Good for them. So yeah, I mean, I, I got to. Cool. I mean, it, that's not my scene, but I got to give it up to them. I mean, they really. What are they? Their ass to, is, it, is it like anime and it's video anime? Games? Yeah, I think it's a, like anime, an manga. Yeah, video games, like that whole that whole scene. <laughs> that whole. It, you know, it's that thing that the kids are doing now that us old folks yeah, don't understand. It's that, it's, it, it's that whole yeah. creepy scene that nobody gets. <laughs> It's yeah. when I it's it's like it's when sense. I it's when I stock the the manga section at the comic book store and I I just I'm just always shaking my head. I'm like <laughs> I don't understand You're any like, of I'm this. I'm one of the olds. I I I really at any time some kid comes in asking for help with the manga section I'm like I'll try. Uh, find something in your age group. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I I remember when Seth and I did that show. Man, we felt like old people there. Like old people there because everyone oh, yeah. was just like at least five to ten years younger than us and they're all like oh well, yeah it's just it's all it's, all, it's almost all like kids like high school kids and for yeah. the, you know because i, I think like, um i think uh i was talking to wayne about it once because they set up like yeah, they got a table and they took you know all the all their manga and anime that they don't you know that they have a hard time pushing at the store and they moved it there and he said, kind of said the same thing. He's like, it's just, it's just a completely different, weird scene. He's like, and, and the way some of these people dress, and especially the girls, and you, you feel like a, like a dirty old lech sometimes. Just, you know, but it's not like you're trying to be creepy, but it's like you can't help but look at how some of these people are dressed, and you're like, what's going on here? That, that tears it. I'm definitely applying for a press patch. <laughs> I'm going in, guys, and I'm. Well, there you go. You got credential now, too. Yeah. You know, we'll just, you know, well, let's not, you know, get too excited yet. But. Hey, did we lose Sean? No, he's. I thought he was still there. I, oh, we did lose him. I only see. Uh, yeah, we lost him. All right, let me see what. Oh, oh wait, he's wait, coming he's back. back. He's back. Crap. You there? There he is. Well, we better get yeah. moving before we run into any. I mean, Holy I mean, cow! First, yeah, let's return into pumpkin. Then Sean, pumpkin. maybe yeah. maybe four of us weren't meant to. I told you it's eviction night. Eviction night it's on too, comedy. There's a, it's too <laughs> double night. Yeah. Last the the last person who doesn't happened. have technical difficulties gets to stay on the podcast. <laughs> We're using too much power. That's right. The, at, at, at Skype HQ, like the yeah. like the, the, the everything is just spiking. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Don't tell me there's four people on a podcast. They can't do it. You dump a caller. You dump a caller. You stupid sons of bitches. Don't do it. <laughs> All right. So let's let's uh, let's move on to the comics portion of the of the podcast. Um, anybody want to go first? Uh, wow, we're all excited. Yeah, I want once. Um, I will go first. I was I wanted to get something for reference first. I was really hoping Scott was going to talk about Darth Vader. I but. I could. I mean, talk about Darth Vader. Give me a minute. I need to. All right, I'll give you a minute. Um, but yeah, since I got Star Wars on the brain, mm-hmm. you know, for for this whole Force Friday thing, you know, I figured let's let's 
crank it up with some Star Wars Darth Vader number eight, issue eight, um, where we have the continuing story of Darth Vader. <laughs> like, you know, it's and Dan Dan can back me up on this, but basically this book is like Darth Vader is like it's like a, a what if story in a way, or like a darkened mirror of Luke Skywalker and his pals. But, okay. But like Darth, yeah. yeah, you know, because Darth has a sidekick, this girl who's an archaeologist who's like morally corrupt, uh, but very chipper, you know, um, kind of has that realistic look on life like, hey, I realize when we're done with this, you're going to kill me. Um, and then she has, you know, the, these two droids that she has, and they're basically essentially the dark version of C3PO and R2D2, and they're both pure evil. Like, the one gets off on, kill, you know, torturing people. Um, so, like, you have this group of characters who, if it was the Star Wars book, it would be Luke, Leia, C-3PO, and R2-D2. But this is Darth Vader and, you know, his band of evil mischief, you know, mischief makers. But, uh, <laughs> so anyway, this issue, though, picks up with uh, the sidekick girl. Mistress Afra, as the droid calls her, um, Afra, and she's working with bounty hunters to pull off a heist, unbeknownst to Vader. You know, she's kind of going on the side, trying to do, you know, rob, like, an Imperial cruiser mm -hmm. um, of their gold. And uh, it's a great, you know, like, the book is great because, like, artistically, this book, who is that, Salvador? Oh, yeah. Salvador LaRocca. LaRocca. I mean, he's killing it. Like, it's just um, this, the scale that he needs to work in, you know, where you have a giant asteroid ship, you know, and a, and a Star Destroyer with a backdrop of a planet, you know, and he's able to maintain, like, you get the sense that these things are immense. You know, and then the bounty hunters, and they're all working together, and you get Bosk, and, you know, you're kind of like, all right, you know, it's kind of, I remember that guy from the movie, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but... They do this, they pull this heist off, but it's like, like, what I love about this book is it's, it's a veiled, like, they're like, oh yeah, we totally did this heist, but it was really only to distract everyone from the real heist, which is what's great about this book. You're just like, wait, you know, like, so there's like double dealing, Darth Vader is, you know, trying to get, do things behind the Empire's back in the book. Um, but what's the challenge of, you know, like we have said it before, but the challenge is like Darth Vader is not much of a speaking character and yeah, he's so, a, he's a hard main character to follow. Yeah. Yeah. He, he doesn't say much. So you have, you really have to look at, um, everyone else in the book and, uh, how they operate in his service basically to figure out what his intentions are. Um, because he's working on some things, you know. We we know that he's he's not happy with the emperor at this point in the story, um, because he found out that Luke is his son. Mm -hmm. You know that came up early in an earlier issue. Um, you know, so it's just great. It made me laugh when you say that, Scott, because I just had a vision of it being like an episode of Maury Povich. 
the father. You know what'd be funny? Yeah, guys, we tested the midichlorians between uh, the father, and it turns out that the uh, Luke is your son. Yeah, that's that's impossible. That's not true. <laughs> no. no. And he runs backstage and falls into a, a ventilation shaft. <laughs> or he, he falls into a vat of lava. <laughs> Every time. No, it sounds like... Every time. <laughs> it's happening again. Uh, it's, uh, what do you... Uh, your, your, um, your criticisms of the book sound like the criticisms of almost every story where the villain... Is the main character is, is that they, it's tough to is it because he's such a development because they're the villains and they're they're there as antagonists and they're yeah, not Darth Vader the, the the protagonist of his story. I I think not yeah. only that but we as you know as fans of the movies for thirty years thirty plus years we have this this vision and this you know like we know what Darth Vader how he acts what he sounds like from the movies. Yeah. You know, I, I think that kind well, of plays into that. Just looking at, yeah, what they've laid out in the movies is that he's been closed off from everyone. Like, he doesn't, he he has no one to talk to. You know, he's he's a, a solitary character, and he's been that way for 20 years. And now that he's found out that he has a son, I think, like, as the reader, I'm trying to see the cracks in the armor. You know, I'm mm-hmm. trying to see see something in in that character that the you know the the little bit of good that Luke saw in him i guess um, the struggle is that in the meantime there's that but they also have to there's 30 year old movies that have cemented yeah. where this character all of a sudden you get have this stuff like i was okay but then i got angry again and then i got okay <laughs> and then i died so i guess that is there's a real balancing act with not uh, contradicting the the films but while yeah. also Dancing in between the raindrops, if you will, of, of yeah, you can do so. Yeah, yeah, and they they pull uh, uh, Kieran. Dan's the name guy. Kieran Pro. Gillen. Kieran Gillen. Kieran Gillen. I always think I'm going to say it wrong, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's where I tip my hat to him that he's able to, you know, to find the story between the story that's already been told. You know, mm-hmm. he's a, he's, a, he's doing very well. Well, Scott, He's a craftsman. Uh, on the topic of uh, some fine craftsmanship, uh, the book I read for this week is a book that you probably haven't heard too much about, but you should be hearing a lot about, um, probably because it doesn't start Batman. And uh, hopefully it sticks <laughs> around. It's from DC Comics. I read Prez number three. And Prez, I've talked about it before. I may have talked about the last two issues before. The book continues just to be awesome. It is a fighting satire pretty much of our culture not just pop culture but i guess everything's pop culture now because the way our politics have devolved into oh my goodness mm-hmm. scream you know sound bites and tweets and everything it's everything is now pop culture and this book just puts it right on blast in a very intelligent and uh well-crafted manner uh, it follows the story of Beth Ross, the aptly named Beth Ross, who got elected president by virtue of being the star of a viral video. And so just the strength of being a a star of a viral video, uh, the public became so enamored with her that she ended up getting elected president of the United States of America. So 
in issue three, we find her. She's president now, and there's this uh, old dude who I his um, role is pretty much like he was like he's like the last true statesman, if you will. He's like the one last guy that hasn't just been corrupted by the money and everything, and actually gives a damn about doing it right. And uh, he's become he's convinced her to be named the vice president. And it was a really uh, interesting way he did it. He's like, the only way to because he's like, look, they're going to kill you. Like, no one really wants you. This was an accident how you got elected. They're all going to come gunning for you. He's like, the only way to make sure you don't get assassinated is to make me your vice president. She's like, why you? She's like, because they, they hate you, but they hate me more. So the only way to ensure they right. don't kill the president <laughs> is to make sure that they hate the vice president. Even, and so that's, and then he gives her, this, she goes about selecting her cabinet. And, uh, again, it's, it's sort of, again, like a very on the spot for the area. It really captures the zeitgeist, to use big words. Because he says, or basically, you're not bought, you're not corrupted by all these special interests. Like, you're pure. Like, you have the ability to just go and do whatever you want, to shake the system. And uh, so she goes about selecting her cabinet. I'm like, very, like, there's one guy who is clearly Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, and so he comes in and, Ask her to be um, basically like the science cabinet guy. And then there's this new guy that she comes up with, like Secretary, Secretary of State. I don't know who this character is. We kind of meet him. He's just like talking to his daughter. It's sort of like she's watching Smurfs, and he just sort of is very jaded and points out to his like, three-year-old daughter how the Smurfs are really just an indictment on capitalism. And she's just like, I like the Smurfs. Um, <laughs> and then like there's this meeting at the UN where the... Uh, one of the uh, ambassadors from the United States is at the UN, and the way they do it is very beautiful. Like the two main characters in this scene, it's like in the lunchroom at the UN, they're in color. Everyone else is just like line art. Like uh, just a, the, the choice for that is really really cool. And like she fires this guy, and he's like, "But I I gave all the money to the president. I'm supposed to be you know the ambassador." So she's like, "Yep, yeah, tough." So like, good luck. And uh, like his biggest regret is missing the buffet at the United Nations. <laughs> but yeah, so this, and then we do get introduced to a new character in this issue called, his name's Manny, and he's just like a laborer. I got some factory that's kind of very Google-esque, very Amazon-esque. They're just like a warehouse that ships out tchotchkes that people buy online. And they're all about doing everything as efficiently as possible. They, they have a visit from the CEO, and the way they, they depict the businessmen, the CEOs in this world, you don't see their actual faces. They don't have, like, hologram, like, emojis over their actual faces. So the president of this company is just a big old smiley face. It's called Smiley Enterprises. And it's all, and he's like, if anybody who says you use the term hour is the next person fired. Like, everything's measured in seconds. And uh, so we meet Manny, and uh, he's on the job working in the Smiley Enterprise warehouse and loses his job. And evidently, um, in the future, institutional racism is still a thing. Because when he has to go get his pretty much unemployment benefits, it is very uh, insulting how he has to pose for the picture. He clearly looks like he's a Mexican man, and he has to pretty much wear a sombrero, ride a llama, and pose <laughs> against like cactuses. And, like That's how he is eligible for Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I read that wrong. It's like a Taco Bell he's going to work at. It's his employee photo. <laughs> anyway, still, it's still there. It's really horrible. But, yeah, Perez from D.C. is probably, I'd say, I mean, I, we all love Batman on this show. I think that's that's been quite evident. Yeah. 
But after Batman, for me, like, Prez is the next book. It's only three bucks, so even better. There you go. And uh, I know DC that's been up and down on the DCU, and I think we talked about this last time, at least the last time I was on with Sean, that it might be going by the wayside or that the commitments they made to certain books might be uh, cut short. Mm-hmm. I really, really hope this is one that gets seen through. I was reading something on it earlier. Uh, Bleeding Cool did a write-up on it, actually, just today as well. Much more um, well-written and eloquent than what I can spit out here. I recommend reading that. But pretty much just echoes my sentiment about it. Uh, from this, it says it uh, was scheduled to have two six-issue miniseries. So I oh, okay. guess that, if not more. Because I... Okay, then I, I kind of miss... I guess I misunderstood. I, I think I saw somewhere else where they said it was originally going to be a 12-issue series, and then they cut it down to six. So maybe I, uh, maybe what they're going to do, they're going to finish out the six, and then I guess if there's a, enough of a demand, they'll do another six? That... I mean, the way I read it, and who knows, it looks like there was committed to two separate sixes, but we'll find out. Let's hope it gets. Let's just hope it gets through the first one and can tell its story. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as far as I will say this, this in closing on it, I don't know how this ties into like the DC universe that we know and love. Like, it appears to be there, but there are no superheroes. But you do sort of see some like. Allusions to I think Wayne Enterprise was mentioned in one of the episodes. And in, in the first issue, there was a you saw like you know presented by Wayne Enterprises or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I, th- I think though that after the events of the summer with their crossover, uh, they left it. That it's it's in a the DC universe is now in a way that they can tell any story they want, and if it doesn't fit, yeah, then it's just another universe. But I, I think the problem is. Because it wasn't like an immediate, it wasn't, I guess, in their eyes, successful immediately. Now they're already like, like backpedaling, and there's talks of going back to the way it was, like the which way, like instead of <laughs> instead of the new, like the current, the DCU, which is DCYOU. Now they're, I guess, they want to go back to, they want a new Fifty Two everything again. Status quo. Oh, really? Back to the yeah, that was the, yeah. I mean, and again, just like the Marvel stuff from earlier, or, or Batgirling as they're calling. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's what Sean. If you would listen to the episode you're not on, Scott, you would know that. <laughs> Batgirling. Yeah, that was the Sean. Ter- what? Yeah, that was the term that they coined. Was the Batgirling <laughs> of everything. Oh, I mean, okay. And, and um, it, it led me to. Although I did dress up as Batgirl, though. Ooh. So there you go, Scott. Evidently, it didn't, you know, light the world on fire the way that the shareholders would have liked. Which which is ironic because apparently Batgirl was doing pretty well. I mean, it's not like Batman numbers, but I guess it's doing well enough that it's sustainable. Yeah, and I guess the idea of doing it line-wide, I guess that's the problem when you're – Line of characters meant for children is being catered to middle-aged white. Well, well, there's that, but you know, you know, I was thinking the other day that you know the problem is they didn't do any really anything different with anybody major, like any major book. They're just the closest may have been Superman, right? And, you know, they yeah they they did make that change with Superman, and yes, they did make you know Mech Batman. You know, Jim Gordon is Mech Batman, but mm-hmm. I mean. But obviously, Bruce Wayne is still around. Um, Superman still has his powers. He just has that added glitch, which makes him like human for 24 hours. Yeah, his powers are like 
uh, dialed down and, and his secret it's identity. The solar is flare, right? But all yeah. the other books well, are. I kind of wish they came up with a different name for that superpower uh, than super flare. I'm just saying. Who did? What did he I don't know. He, uh, he was lamenting the name. Sean was saying he was. He wished they would come up with a different oh. name for that. Oh, a better name. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's the power of the sun, though. You know. I don't but, know. You know, but like <laughs> everything else that they're taking chances on are books that are. I don't think anybody in general. You know, the, the, the majority of the comic book buying public is going to care about, like, you know, okay, great, you gave Cyborg his own book. Um, we are Robin, which I hear is a great book, but yeah. is it, is it bring anybody in, you know? I'll say this about We Are Robin. Um, it, it, I enjoyed the first two issues. The third issue, um, it's kind of running out of steam, at least for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I read Black Canary. I read the first two issues of Black Canary. It was okay. Same thing. Like I, I didn't bother with the third issue because it's just, you know, they're they, they're DC is never going to really take any major risks with the the characters that people are going to want to read in the first place. So, you know, they're they're doing all these. Yeah, they're they're Batgirling everything, but who cares? You know, I mean, yes, they're, these books are nice to read, but I'm just saying, like, they're not, you know, they're not really taking any, any, any risks. They could, they could cancel Prez, Cyborg, We Are Robin, uh, Black Canary. No one's going to care because the rest of the, of DC's bread and butter books are still going to be going on. Right. You know, I don't care. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, <laughs> Justice League. I care. But. I don't know. I, I I feel like DC is such a rudderless ship that it's it's laughable. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I think the problem is the the people they have at the helm. You know, like if you just bring a sports metaphor to it, um, when a team's just in the in the tank and it's just awful, you don't fire all the players. You fire management. Um, it's easier to get rid of a coach than it is a whole team. And I think that's maybe it's time for DC to. Uh, shake up how they do things in their front office. I mean, they, they're pretty much ran by the guys that ran Marvel into the ground in the 90s, and I don't know why they think 20 years later that same mentality is going to make DC Comics successful. I mean, DC's already the red-headed stepchild out of the big two. Um, mm-hmm. If they want to keep it, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, we could go on and on and on forever about this, but... Yeah, they they did make an attempt to make their characters not seem so stiff, and evidently there's a large enough swath of their uh, mark of their fan base that prefers it that way, is resistant to any sort of growth. Which, whenever I look at these characters, I remember you know 50 years ago they pretty much rebooted their entire line, and like it makes with their people back then be like, there's only one Green Lantern, and his name's Alan Scott. I don't want to see this guy. <laughs> but they didn't because back then people, they read them from about ages of five well, to eight, and then they moved on with their lives. I think partly for that far back, too, they didn't have the feedback from the audience as quickly. So they were just like, ah, we have yeah, no idea what you that's think. That's true. There's, you know, the social media aspect really is a, was a game changer. Well, yeah, they're like, we don't care what anybody thinks because we have no idea. Yeah, you know, I would, I mean, obviously, we, I don't run a business, spoilers, but I, I would think 
Social media reaction is one thing. Dollars and cents is where the truth's really at. I mean, Marvel seems to understand that. They're, they're more than happy to piss people off online, but unless it affects the bottom line, they don't really seem to make any, you know, changes in anything to it. So I would, I, I mean, I, I know that that's there, but how much well, you does know, it really take into effect? Well, what's funny is, you know, uh, everyone says, oh, if you don't like something, vote with your wallet. Exactly. But, but at this at this stage of the game, with DC being owned by Warner Brothers, Marvel being owned by Disney, they're not even they're not gonna they don't care they're not gonna feel it if if a thousand oh, yeah. if a thousand or ten thousand people stop buying some comics they're not gonna that, <laughs> it's not like it's gonna it's not gonna put a, a, a financial crunch on them. And, but in a way, and this, like with this whole sure. austerity measures that's been going on with DC, like cutting back this DCU, cutting Patriots, evidently they, they have lost $2 million this year. Or their, well, their projections are $2 million shy, which isn't losing. It's just they're I not think, making as much as and, they and, and for that report, I, I, I think there's, you know, something to be said for the fact that they, you know, they moved their office right. across the country and... You know, moving your entire operation from New York City to Burbank is not cheap. You know, and and, and shutting and, down and, your titles for two months, right? And, do that. And while they did that, they shut down their titles. They they put up a subpar, substandard piece of crap event that convergence that no one cared about, that nobody talked about, and it didn't seem to make one iota of difference to the to the universe you no. know, to the DCU. No. no. So it was pointless. Nobody you should see and I'm sure we're not the only store that that's you know can can say this but all the convergence titles that are just sitting on our shelves. Um they were just, you know, that's what I'm saying like I I just don't know like DC I think they're just in such a tailspin sometimes that you just you know it's, it's like who's running the show over there it's like Dan Dan DiDio's just gotta go and you know I, Jeff Johns he's like the chief creative officer but I think he he's so tied up in the movies that yeah, maybe we can ask Rob Liefeld about it oh I'm sure he's got plenty to say. <laughs> yeah he's got he's got opinions that have opinions <laughs> Uh, anyways, well, we've we've really we've gone down a <laughs> yeah, very deep rabbit. That was amazing how a review of Prez number three led to that. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I'm proud of our tangents, and that's one well, that I'm proud of. Well, let me let me bring us back around real quick. Um, I thought it was interesting. <laughs> no, that was that was a good, good conversation. We're just uh, you know we, we still have stuff to talk about. Yeah, man, uh, brothers on. I want to see who gets evicted this week. It's a double eviction. <laughs> Brother, come on, Brother. Man. Brother, come on, man. Um, Shake it. So I'm not going to talk in depth about it, but I do want to bring up um, uh, Star Wars number six, which is the um, the first issue of Stuart Eminem on uh, taking over the art the art duties. I'm sorry, number eight. Yeah, number eight. Number eight. Thank you, Duke. No problem. Um, And as to be, you know, totally expected, it was amazing. Um, Stuart Eminem, I mean, he could draw just about anything and I would read it, but his, um, you know, his take on the, uh, on the characters and the, 
know, the, the classic characters, um, are just, you know, he was just made to, to draw this book. It was so good. Um, and I, I don't want to say too much about the, uh, about the story, but I do, I, and I don't think this is the first time this has happened in this book. Uh, I can't remember the other time, but, um, sometimes the, the dialogue in this book kind of turns me off. Um, I'm looking for the, some examples. Um, like, I feel like Jason Aaron sometimes uses terms and phrases and colloquialisms that we're used to seeing in our modern day oh, that kind of take me out of the story sometimes. Like, uh, in the very beginning, there's an Imperial destroyer and they're, um, they're sending out a, a fleet of, uh, TIE fighters to go look for Han and Leia. Yeah. And, you know, one of the, one of the pilots is, checking in and uh he goes aye aye captain and then kind of like under his breath he goes he says i love my job yeah uh, it's kind of weird um like and uh later on luke um luke's had I, a go ahead no i i think that's the that could be the way i interpreted that was that he that's the changing opinion about stormtroopers too is that in the original movie everybody didn't know you didn't know if they were robots or you know like han and luke put their suits on and and like i'm a little kid thinking like did they pull all the wires out and jump in the suits you know so like to me i mean obviously they were having that conversation about cars though so or whatever oh like but, oh on the, on the death star those two guys are like yeah yeah hey did, did you see did, that model did you see the yeah. new model of the t16 and yeah yeah no uh, i'll have to yeah. check it out my my wife won't let me get one yeah no i don't know i think I that kind job. of stuff just just reminds you that there's people in there yeah that's, that's i just I feel like, like there's there's different ways to do it i didn't i like i said sometimes like that dialogue took me out of it and then yeah. later on there's a there's a, a scene where Luke is, he gets into kind of a bar brawl and he pulls out his lightsaber to kind of ward people off. And, um, in the background, there's a, an alien and he's on a communicator and he says, it's me. Tell the big guy I'm bringing him one. And just the whole tell the big guy again, I know yeah. it's kind of nitpicky, but it's like, it just, that does, that to me doesn't ring true to, and I'm not saying it should be a literal big guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's just that. That's just. I, I didn't expect to hear something like that in like a Star Wars book. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of nitpicky, but no. People joke about that even just with the Millennium Falcon, and they're like, "How does anyone in the Star Wars universe know what a Falcon is?" Yeah, right. There's just huh. you know that kind of. You know, I never put two and two together. I yeah. just kind of figured that like, that's an, that's in their Earth, universe, there's that's a an Falcon. Earth bird. So. Yeah. Well, that's just Earthism right there. But yeah. Just, you don't know what's out there. Right. I, I, yeah, I'm okay <laughs> with that kind of stuff. Bunch of bigots. Because I grew up with it. You know, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I don't question that kind of stuff, I guess. But, um, yeah, that's Star Wars, though. Well, I was going to, um, talk about one other book real quick and then I'll let, I'll let Sean say, say his, his curious home. Yeah, I'll, I'll let Sean uh, take us home. Um, There's a book that came out, I believe, this week from Image Comics called Plutona. Yeah. Uh, written by Jeff Lemire. And um, 
Uh, well, the story is by Jeff Lemire and um, Emmy Lennox, and yeah. the art was by Emmy Lennox. And this was... I, I wasn't really sure what this book was going to be. And then, um, you know, because reading it, it's like you're introduced to this... Um, these very well-written high school kids, like very realistic, like modern day. Um, actually, I think that's probably more junior high-ish. I would say, if I had to guess, I'd say like seventh, eighth, maybe ninth grade. Um, so somewhere in between, not quite kids, but not quite like older teens. Um, and uh, it's modern day, very, like I said, very well-written, like kind of a small town um, feel to this. And, uh, so these uh, four or five kids who all seemingly, like, only two of them are, are actually friends, and then they run into these other two that just happen to be hanging around. Um, and in this world, there are superheroes. Uh, and one of the kids is a, he calls himself a, um, a he's a, he's cape spotting. So kind of oh, like, yeah. like bird watching or, you know, train spotting. But it's a... Uh, it's like he belongs to this online cape spotting uh, club, or you know, where they they log the um, various uh, superhero events that they they happen to see, and they blog about it, and they monitor everything, and you know, they're just like kind of uber fans. And uh, there's a there's a hint of stand the the movie Stand by Me in this. Because these uh, these kids then, while they're uh, you know they hang out with the one who's cave spotting, they kind of run into this adjoining woods, and they find this uh, super uh, superhero, the um, female superhero known as Plutona, dead in the woods, and you, you don't know anything about how she got there. I mean, she's she's beat up. Was she dead or seemingly dead? Well. She's. I'm pretty sure she's dead because actually, in the first, the very first page, is a uh, just four silent panels of like her hand, her feet, which are twisted at kind of like an awkward oh. angle, okay. and there's like a couple flies like buzzing around. Oh, she's beaten and bruised and bloody and, um, but there's there's really no specific indication of what happened. But like I said, these. These four high school, these four kids find um, just find her body on the very last page, and that's yeah. that's how it ends. And uh, and then, but then even um, there's a like a like a four page backup story of Plutona, and it looks like this is the story that happens right before her death. But it turns out Plutona is just she's in like a, a working class mom. She's like a uh, a single mom. She hops tables at a at a greasy spoon. Um, but she but when the city needs her, she turns into Plutona and she flies off. And her and her kid and her mom know her secret identity. Um, and it sounds like it, it might be even some sort of legacy uh, power or identity because, you know, she says to her her daughter, you know, one day you'll grow up to be the next Plutona. Oh. So it's um 
this was just a really, I was really pleasantly surprised at this book. It was, um, like I said, Jeff, Jeff Lemire, sometimes he's hit or miss for me. Um, yeah, I, but, but yeah, but this was really, oh, and, and, um, I think Lemire actually, um, I think he drew, yeah. I want to say, say he drew the backup story. I'm pretty sure he did. Um, um, I don't have it in front of me. I actually did pick that up. Um, and I flipped through it anyway, so nothing you said. Oh, yeah, it says Plutona's Last Adventure by Jeff Lemire. Yeah. In the credits. Okay. Who uh, killed Retro Girl? I mean, yeah. Plutona. <laughs> Who killed Plutona? <laughs> but, I, like I said, I think the thing that really stood out to me the most, um, well, you know, Emmy Lennox's art was, was really good, and she, between the art and the, the writing, I, they, they captured this specific age group in a way that I've never seen before. Oh. Um, it just, like I said, it, it just felt really true to, um, to who these kids are. So, yeah, I would, I would definitely recommend this if you're a fan of Jeff Lemire or if you like kind of like these, if you want to call it like a coming of age story. Um, like I said, there's, there's definitely kind of a stand by me vibe towards yeah. the end of it. Yeah, maybe. That's partly why I picked it up, I think. I kind of like that whole fringe, uh, you know, fringe, the people that interact in the superhero world. That, yeah. That aren't, you know. Right. So, yeah. No, that's cool. I kind of, uh, I thought about getting it, but uh, funds are a little tight this week, and I was like, oh, man, one more book. Because I loved, um, I talked about it on here with Trillium. Was Jeff Lemire? He did uh, yeah. wrote and drew that, and so I saw a new Jeff Lemire, and I'm like, oh man, he said he won, won my heart and mind with uh, Trillium, so I was more than willing to give this a try. Just I had to uh, you know, cut corners and yeah. dropping a King's Ransom every week at the comic shop was one of the first. That's the, well, it's, yeah, I fell it's, on the other side of that fence. It's like on the it, it's on the drive, so you should check it out. Oh, even uh, better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if it's if it's image like. Ninety-nine percent of the time, we're going to have it. Thanks, Image. So, well, I'll, I'll put my end of the bar. I definitely know. will check that. Out. The only books yeah. we really we, we don't get are are actually like Kirkman books, mm. like Walking Dead, Outcast, or Invincible, we, or and, and and Saga. We don't really get. Well, I think the last we don't get Saga issues, but I think we'll get the occasional Saga trade collection, trade. like ah. trade PDF. Ooh. So, curtain's been pulled all the way back on how. Yeah, <laughs> but, works. Yeah, but anyway, so, um, but but regardless, it's still like you know, no matter how you read it, whether you get it for free, like us, or um, it's you know, honestly, if if I hadn't, I definitely would have shelled out the money for it. So yeah, yeah, like I say, I I saw it at the store. It looked interesting to me too, and I picked it up. Just haven't read it yet, but um, just that idea of finding. You know, it's like, wow, they, you know, they, yeah, they found some fallen hero in the woods, you know, like that whole concept. I'm just like, I gotta find out why, how that happened. Mm-hmm. You know, right off the bat, I'm hooked. So. Cool. And, yeah, Jeff Lemire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because, <laughs> you, you, all you have to do is say, because Jeff Lemire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Atkins, bring us home. The great. All right. And powerful Atkins. <laughs> Except ignore that man behind the mirror. <laughs> or not here. <laughs> the curtain. <laughs> um, for me, 
Uh, this week I decided to read Steed and Mrs. Peel Were Needed. It's based on the old 60s spy-fi Avengers, British television Avengers. Not, you know, Marvel's Avengers, but mm-hmm. it follows the Avengers of was it John Steed and Mrs. Peel. And I kind of have to say, oh, and this is number one. And I have to say, it it was meh. Like, I'm actually a fan of the show. Uh, I watched a, a good chunk of it on Netflix when it, they had it streaming online. But uh some reason, they took it down. Maybe because of the Marvel Avengers would confuse them. But. Mm. Anyways, I mean, the story starts out with a murder, and some reason, all my brain thoughts just went out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Those darn brain thoughts. I was so wrapped up in you guys' conversation, I totally forgot. I guess just this issue just didn't wow me all that much. I mean, it was a nice send-up. Uh, it starts with a murder. Well, I shouldn't say murder. I should say, actually, it's attempted murder on... Um, oh, I forget that dude's name. He was kind of like the obvious villain. Uh, Lord Guy Dolman, who's the director of government department of uncivil affairs. And it turns out that it was actually the guy that was trying to murder this guy. Is He was like friends with Steed like way back when, like during the war and everything and whatnot. And they're basically investigating uh, Steed and Peel investigating why did this guy who Steed knew is a good guy uh, do what he did and you know the events of it of the comic it just like I said I don't really have much to say about this book because uh, the writing was meh and the art mm. was just as meh, <laughs> meh. How, was, how was the characterization they were a bit spot on. I mean, I can I can hear their voices in my head, uh, and it sounded kind of like them, but it just it was I don't know. I really like even going into this episode, I was kind of thinking about that, and I was just like, I don't know really what good or bad to say about it because yeah. it was just so middle on the road. Like the artwork wasn't bad, but that was my next question because whenever. There's a book that's based off that where they have to adhere to likenesses. I find the artwork is usually pretty stiff. Um, it they, was. It, yeah, it definitely was in this in this story. Like it. Yeah. Like even the action scene with Mrs. Peel and this uh, maid later in the book. It just it wasn't there. Well, let me ask you this. Um, if you've never watched the show, could you read this, or do you have to have the background of 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 being a you know a viewer of the Avengers? Mm. Like, did you feel like there was was there any kind of inside like dialogue or like inside jokes or anything that that would limit a new reader from reading this, or do you think anybody could pick it up and read it and enjoy? I think anyone, it? I think anyone could pick it up and read it. I don't. Yeah, I don't think there really was any type of, you know. It didn't. It didn't. Okay. Yeah, like it. It wasn't like, oh, this is what happened in season four. You know, no. It was. No callbacks or anything, or no no dynamics that you needed that know to understand. All right. So if I only knew the Avengers from the '90s movie, 
And I'd be like, what the hell is this? That's not no, Thurman. No. <laughs> you would probably, yeah, if you're basing it off the 90s movie, you'd be like, I don't get this whatsoever. I, I yeah, almost kind of forgot about that movie. <laughs> I never saw it. I never wanted to. You didn't, you didn't really miss it. You know it. what? I, I generally, well, it was pretty bad, but it was a good <laughs> bad for me. Well, I, I actually, I like, I like I saw it, I was like, you know what? Uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. I think what? I owned it on VHS. Um, I don't know if it was used VHS or if I went like brand new Suncoast widescreen edition VHS. I think I may have. Nice. Suncoast. Yeah, yeah, back in, you know, you all remember the Suncoast widescreen VHS section? That was, mm-hmm. that was my jam about 15, 16, 17 years ago. Uh, so I think in that in that heyday I may have had it, but yeah, it really I would have bought anything back then. I was dumb. I didn't know any better. <laughs> I actually I actually traded a good movie for that movie for the Avengers movie only because it was one of my good friends from college and he was moving away and he really wanted. I think it was the Mask of Zorro. Oh, the Benderis so, Catherine Zeta Jones yeah. joint. It might have been that. And he was like, I'll trade it for this. And I was like, you know what? Because you're leaving, I will give it to you. So, And he traded it. Have you seen Mask I remember Mask of Zorro. My memory tells me it's kind of a push, that trade. Has anybody seen it recently? Does it hold up? I, yeah, I thought those movies, I were, I thought those well, movies were fun. I mean, I think Antonio Banderas has, you know, he's got enough screen presence and Anthony Hopkins and, you know, Catherine Zeta. I mean, you know. Is that the movie that gave... Yeah. It was, it was a little bit of cheese. Hmm? Is that the movie where she was? Is that the one where she like made her break, or was which came first, that or Entrapment? No, I think definitely Zorro. Okay, all right. Well, now hmm. we've uh, we, we've just devolved into a Catherine Zeta Jones' IMDb page. <laughs> I do have one little bit <laughs> little trivia here for you, Sean Atkins, and the rest of the room. Um, was she in Phantom? You read uh yeah, okay. That wasn't it. Um, I'm going back to the uh, Steed and Mrs. Peel Avengers. Do you know where they got the name Emma Peel for Mrs. Peel? No. I heard a story about this. It was very fascinating. During the development of the program, uh, the notes from the studio kept coming back that the show needed uh, male appeal. And in their notes, it was noted M. Appeal. Uh, a lady for uh, appeal. So when it came time to name her, it was like, oh, there it is, Emma Peel. That's funny. <laughs> okay. There you go. That's pretty cool. Next time you're at a, a social gathering, you can bust that little nugget out and seem smart to your friends. All right. I just might. Hey, do you want to know something? No. Do you know where Mrs. Peel got her name? <laughs> well, I, you know, it's funny. I I, I, I just see this whole conversation devolving, and then, like, eventually, ten minutes later, you think, Sean's like, Okay, so the Avengers, it was this old British spy show. You know, it's like trying, you have to explain everything. Yeah. You mean, you mean, I kind of wish they they wouldn't have, well, tell you the truth, maybe Black Widow's costume, her leather catsuit costume might have been based on Mrs. Peel. I mean, she's known for wearing a black leather catsuit. I checked the timelines. Do we have any resident historians? When did Black Widow show up compared to the TV show? Well, Black Widow showed up yeah. early on, but she didn't have her costume. Yeah, she like she almost looked a little bit more like like early Catwoman because she kind of had a like a mask with like points on it, and um, like oh, no no she was almost a little bit like a little Black Canary-ish because she had like fishnets and like a little skirt and her, like her, really? her her early appearance 
early appearances, she she does she doesn't look like she does now. Hmm. Yeah, she didn't That's have the very costume. likely. Well, it makes sense. Uh, she's Fields a fine character. Like she's popular. 64. Was it that old? Wow. And that um, that guy, the actor just passed away recently. So that's yeah. quite the life he had. Patrick Willoughby? I don't know. I'm just pulling stuff out of my back, so I don't know if that's it or not. Anyway. Okay. Although I kind of wish Netflix didn't take it off. Like, I wish you can still yeah, get it. I mean, stuff. no, it's been off ever since Marvel brought in the Avengers and all their Captain America stuff. Yeah, so. You can't really get a bunch of Marvel movies on Netflix anymore. But. Yeah, that's so weird. The bottom line, I wouldn't get the second issue. I mean, I like the yeah. Avengers. I like I like this one, but okay. Eh, so even cool. even for a fan of the Avengers, it's not worth it. Yeah, like okay. it just wasn't worth it. All right, well, that's all. That sounds like pretty cut and dry to me. Yes, sir. Well, I think we've run the gamut this evening. Yes, we have. Does anyone um, have any uh, any last uh, last words? Um. This coming next Friday, uh, after the Wizard World opening oh, day, yeah. Toonsam having the drawn in Pittsburgh, there's three quarters of the pit will be represented in the Toonsam's next uh, exhibit, which actually has a soft opening this weekend, but their their yep. big kickoff gala is Friday the 11th. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drawn in Pittsburgh exhibit, uh, myself, the Duke, and Sean, Master of the Mystic Arts, all has uh, artwork featured in it. So uh, come down, go, go to Wizard Friday, see us all there, we'll be there. Come with us to the Toonsam, see us again there, and then uh, we'll go to Pizza Parma and have a slice. It'll be a good fun time. That's right. No, I, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I, I'm, I'm uh, definitely gonna gonna check it out after after the show on Friday. We could always head to Blush for Steel Man's. Um, oh, yeah. that's, that's, on, that, that's Saturday um, night. That's Saturday. Oh, oh, okay. That's when we let it all hang out. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I might have to dip out on that one. <laughs> I think we're all gonna dip out on that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm not no up to way. date. I'm not up to date on my shots, so. Uh. <laughs> oh, you know I'm gonna check it out. That'll be my. Uh, yeah, that that'll be where all my reports come in for the show. Okay. You know, like, uh, I'll yeah. blog. I'll blog the whole event. Yeah. Anytime, anytime someone comes up to Scott's table and wants to buy something, he's gonna have a sign up there that says, "Please pay in one dollar bills." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need one. Artist is going to blush after this. Need need ones. <laughs> Artist is going to make it rain tonight. Please pay in $1 bills. Well, if you want to see a live-action version of what 90s comics look like, go to Blush on Saturday night. <laughs> That's right. You're going to see a guy in big shoulder pads and girls in thongs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's exactly that's the epitome of the 90s. You're not lying. <laughs> Oh boy. Well, on that note, I think we better, I think we better call it an evening. Indeed. Uh, you have been, uh, listening to comic book pit number 215. I'm Dan. I'm the Duke. I'm Jared. I'm Sean. And, uh, we'll hopefully see you next week. I, I, I don't know if, well, you know what we have Thursday night. We have that, um, the See Wizard pre-show. Yeah. We can do something. Um, you know, maybe we might be able to do some sort of, uh, since the three of us are going to be at that, pre- oh, yeah. that, that, pre- that preview night, maybe we could uh, do some sort of live. And I have my little recorder now. Something so or other, yeah. Like a live podcast right there. Something, either way, there will be some content next week. Yes. Count on it. So, all right. Well, uh, that's it. See you uh, next week, and uh, keep your eyes peeled for all the Wizard World Pittsburgh coverage you can handle. 